Hello and welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Humes. Uh, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. Uh, I just posted a video today from last night's NXT, Io Shirai versus Zoe Stark. Um, and uh, in Canada, NXT is now airing live, the same as in the U.S. Uh, last night was the first night for that, so I don't have to do an illegal stream anymore. Also, don't forget to check out my other podcast, the, big, the uh, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast. And I did one on Tuesday. Okay, uh, let, let's start with um, Saturday's fights. Uh, the first one, we have Yana Kunitskaya winning over Ketlin Vieira by unanimous decision. Now, let me ask you a question, Juan. Yes, sir. So, have you ever heard me use the R word when I'm talking about a close fight? Robbery? Uh, I can't actually say you said it too often. Yeah. You're usually pretty, pretty, pretty good about that. You don't overreact. Yeah. Well, this fight was a robbery. This may be the worst judging that I've seen in a fight in the last 10 years. That's how bad it was. Okay. So I want to first go over it and give you reasons as to why. It was a very poor decision. It, was, it wasn't a close. It wasn't even that close, for God's sake. Okay? So in round one, Yana won. I'm uh, sorry. Ketlin won round one with ground control for the most part. Okay? Two of the three judges scored it in her favor. The third judge actually scored it for Yana. Do you believe somebody scored that round for Yana? Uh, it was a little shocking. Okay. Round two, uh, all three judges scored it for Yana, 10-9, which they should have. She had top position. And that was just basically, Ketlin made a big mistake. She was, you know, she initiated a takedown. She ended up on the bottom. And she kept trying for submissions. And, I mean, even Bisping mentioned it during the broadcast that she needs to get the hell out of there because she's going to lose the round if she stays bottom position. And then in the third round, Ketlin had ground control for the majority of the round. I'm talking like four minutes at least. Okay, she was trying for submissions, blah, 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 blah. And then 30 seconds left. And she opened up a cut with an elbow. And two of the three judges scored it in her favor. The third judge, by the way, the same one that gave Yana round one, scored the fight, scored the round three in favor of Ketlin. Okay, so this is a robbery. This is what we call round stealing. Okay, I do not believe in round stealing. Okay, you can't ignore four minutes of ground control for one elbow. You can't. And if a judge is doing that, he's not doing his job properly. Okay, and you got two of them there not doing their job properly. You know, so that was that was a that was a that was literally a robbery because it's round stealing, right? Yeah, so I, how did that I, I felt I, I felt I felt that's a legitimate argument. Um, I've heard a lot of fighters, and I've heard other people try, try to kind of justify it. Um, I don't really think you can. I mean, I guess there's an argument. You can make an argument for anything, but well, they, what, really, the the argument the argument is that damage is more important than four four minutes 
of ground control. And that's bullshit. Okay. Well, it's just to a lot of people, just how they fit. My, my issue with the whole fight was in the first round, Ketlin Vera did what she was supposed to. She physically imposed her will. She used a little bit of striking, but she was basically just taking a Kuniskaev down, controlling her, working her over, and just basically wearing her down. In the second round, which is where my issue actually originates, when she got taken down or countered, whatever you want to say, the fact of the matter is she kept fishing for submissions, which is how fighters like Courtney Casey, among others, consistently lose fights because instead of improving position you're you're or or going for submissions that allow you to reverse or create a scramble you're just going for clean submissions yeah. you don't get them and you give up the whole round on position and listen it still should, it still shouldn't come down it still shouldn't come down to that but she gave that second round away that second round yeah. didn't have to go that way she was winning she, clearly she's that good enough a- that she should know better but you know what that is Swan? that's arrogance in my opinion well, in, as, a, as a fighter, you're, even though you might be better than somebody, the fact of the matter is they're a trained fighter too. They win the camp. They have a camp behind you. And given the, the what was it, risk for Ketlin Vera, she really couldn't afford to lose this fight. She was yeah. probably, probably close to a title shot. Now she's at the back of the line, and it's all because it's like Julia Villa did against um, Sajar Eubanks. You got on the ground. Instead of just getting back up, you're searching for submissions, and you gave way around. If she doesn't give that round yeah. away, she probably wins the second round, and there's no discussion. So even though I think they did rob her and they read it the wrong way at the end of the fight, if she just, just fights with any sort of common sense or her corner tells her, get up, just scream at her, get up, stop searching, get up. Listen, listen, I'm Have pretty her. sure that Dudu was yelling at her. I, I would like to think so, but I don't know. Oh, I'm pretty I mean, sure I, he I was like yelling think, at her. I would like to think so because in, in my estimation, when you, when you go to a camp or you're fighting, you do what you practice. For some reason, yeah. she thinks that her submission game is good enough to do that. That's not who. That, that, that's never how she's won fights. It's top control. It's gaining superior position and then submitting if she ever gets submission. It's no, not working it, it's, you know what, Sean? It's just she should know better, and and she's she's better than that, and she's arrogant, and maybe she'll learn a lesson from it. I don't know. Now, I, as far as but, but but in the end, it was a very poor decision. Okay. Yeah, but, but it's a great decision for Kunisaya. This is a big win well, for her. Yeah, but she, it doesn't make her a better fighter. It doesn't, but more opportunities are going to come as a result of this. Well, and she's going to get beat. Yeah, I mean, and, and most likely she probably will, but she's going to get beat moving forward. Caitlin Vera took a step backwards. Well, I don't think it'll make that much of a difference. I'll tell you why. I think that Dana White... Um, uh, Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard are well aware that it was a poor decision. And, and even in her post-fight press conference, uh, Yana, you know what she said? She said the judges sure make some strange decisions. Yeah. No. But, so but, they but know that it was the wrong decision. See, she's the other thing that's going to happen. That, that's right. But if she, if she was really, if, if she's really that torn up about it, She'd give Caitlin Vera her win money and try to overturn the fight. Well, and that's not- okay. You know what? Sometimes what White does is he does give them the win money in that occasion. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, like Yannick Kuzkai is saying, oh, that's odd that the judges made this decision. Well, but if you really think you did something wrong, you would try to make it right. And she ain't going to yeah. do nothing else. But actually, I would not be surprised if Caitlin did get win money for that. Here's the other thing. We never hear about this. It's never publicized. But I can tell you this. 
Nevada State Athletic Commission Director Bob Bennett does not like it when when the NSAC looks bad in this sort of situation. So I'm telling you, he's already discussed it with the judges and told them that they were wrong. Okay. Well, I will say that what will come of that, I don't know. But uh, he will. He does discuss it with. Outside of all this, this this presents some issues for Ketlin going forward because people can see, and if she doesn't learn from this, you, you got a blueprint. She's better opponents can exploit. Yeah. Well, that remains to be seen, and I actually don't think it'll hurt her that much because I think that, like I said, White and Maynard and Shelby, they're aware that it was a robbery. So I don't think it's that big a deal in that respect. Okay. But like I said, it's very rare that I will even use the term robbery. Some of these guys throw it around like nothing. And then they're willing to accept this because, oh, it's an elbow at the end of the foot. That's round stealing. I do not believe in round stealing. Never have, never will. And that's it. I, I never, I never truly believed in it, but I've also, I've camps. It's been going on for years in boxing. Now MMA camps should be prepared for this. Don't allow them to put, put be in a position where they can steal around. That's your job. Don't let them have that moment. Yeah, I know, I know. And again, you're dealing with people who should know better. Okay, I'm talking about Catlin Vieira and Dudu. Okay, these guys are they didn't fall out of a damn tree. Yeah, that that's the argument I made. People, they're like, "Oh, well, they got a they got a late round takedown, and that's what won the fight, and they stole the round." Well, why'd you let them get the takedown? That you don't let them take down. There's no late round. Oh, they got a late round. Yeah, fight. yeah. She just, you know what it is? She thought she had the fight won, and she let up. And you learn from that. That's all. You ho- hopefully you do learn. Hopefully that's what you hope for. But there's no guarantee. Okay, let's go on. Let's let's go on to the other fight from this show. It was uh, Casey O'Neill. Uh, beat um, Shedda Dobson by second round TKO. Casey is a, a UFC newcomer. She's 23 years old, born in Scotland, but she lives in uh, Queensland, Australia. Uh, she trains at uh, Tiger Muay Thai in uh, Thailand with George Hickman. Uh, she's 5-0 and coming into the UFC. Her last fight was UAE Warriors. I heard she's a pretty good striker, but I did get to see her because her fights are not on video. Um, she did pretty much what I thought she would do. Okay, she was aggressive. She went after Shanna, beat her easily, and got a finish in the second round. And uh, that's it. Yeah, I, I didn't know much about her, and but I did feel even even though I didn't know much about her, I felt that it was a risky fight for um Shanna because Shanna was coming off a big win over Agapova, and then they put her in with somebody who's just debuting. So my logic was either they're saying that they think that. Dodson is gifted enough and trending enough, got enough momentum where she she's going to smoke this girl or they're thinking this girl has some potential and they're going to use Dodson coming off a big win to help build this girl's name. And it ended up being the same by, uh, issue. Her name is Shanna Dobson. Oh, I was Do- Dodson. My apologies. Uh, Dobson. So it seems like O'Neal's the one they're trying to build. They see something in her. I mean, I was impressed by her physicality. And the fact that Dobson hits really hard and she took some clean shots from her and she hung in there. And when she hit Dobson, Dobson didn't seem to take her shots as well. The one thing I will say about Dobson is I feel kind of bad for her because she's a great athlete, but I think she needs time and refinement to kind of 
find her identity and refine her skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At this at this rate, she's not going to be able to. Like, Shauna uh, Shauna Dobson is two and five in the UFC. I think she it's that back to the left. Huh? I think it's him. I think she could have been like Angela Hill. You take a step back and then you move forward. But at the UFC, there's not enough time for her to develop. She doesn't have the time necessary to get to the level she needs to be at, unfortunately. But I, yeah. I think she has talent. I, I think, think, I, think I don't know if she's going to get really. I don't know what – it depends. Like if she has a fighter, fight or two left on her contract because she's, you know, she's had seven fights, so she's obviously had a second contract. So chances are pretty good she has another fight left on her contract. Yeah, but she's, I mean, she don't win. It, it might be it. Well, what about Casey? I thought she looked pretty good, but obviously I'd like to see her get somebody better. Yeah, um, the main thing, I, I mean, she shows skill sets, but as you know, uh, as we know, Shayna, Shoshana Dobson has some gaps in her skill set. What I, like I said, what I was impressed with was O'Neal seems like she hits hard. She takes a pretty good shot and she's got physicality. She was able to get into those grinding clinches and scrambles and hold her own. And Dobson may be technically limited to a degree, but Dobson's not a stupid fighter and she's physically gifted. And if you're not at a certain level, she'll overpower you. And she never seemed like she's overpowering O'Neal. So I think O'Neal has some definite potential just off physical tools alone. I am not impressed with Shannon Dobson. I, I just think she has talent. I think she has talent. I just don't think she's going to have the time to round into the form they need her right now. I think she's going to be gone pretty soon. Anyway, so let's move on to this Saturday. And there's three uh, women's fights on the show. And the interesting thing is two of these fights have been added like in the last week. Okay. All right. So the first fight, which is on the uh, main card, again, like uh, last week, this kind of seems like a prelim match. It is, um, um, it is Montana De La Rosa uh, versus Mera Buena Silva. And this is at flyweight. Montana is originally from Texas. Her, her husband is also a UFC fighter. Uh, she trains these days at Elevation in Colorado and Denver. Um, I've seen her since she was in LFA. She doesn't impress me. You know, she, she was in Tough 26, and she just doesn't impress me. Uh, she has some takedown skills, but I don't think they're good enough. Okay. Mayra is from uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil. She trains at 29 years old. She trains at Shootbox in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Uh, she was in the, the Contender Series Brazilian edition. And uh, she actually, when she, while she was winning a fight over Jillian Robertson, she blew out her knee. So since she came back from that, she's gone one and one. She actually looked very good in her last fight. Uh, but again, this is, this is kind of a prelim fight on the main card. And uh, I, I kind of favor Mayra in this one. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, De La Rosa has some good wrestling. She chains her takedowns very well. She's got a pretty good control, can get to her control positions very pretty well. But it seems like once you get, get to a certain caliber of opponent, mainly in physical ability, um, she kind of falls apart. If she can't get the takedowns cleanly, if she can't pressure you freely, if she can't control you fairly easily, it's like mentally she kind of goes defensive and get gets gets tired and then just gets overwhelmed. Silva's not a great fighter. I wouldn't even say she's a consistent fighter, but she's probably more physical than De La Rosa. She's probably more durable, and she's opportunistic. So if you give her an opportunity to 
reach her submission, she'll go for it. If you slow down a little bit, she'll overwhelm you with with offense. And um, Montana, like I said, Montana tends to just kind of crumble when she can't dominate an opponent. If she can't dominate you, she she really can't beat you. And I don't. I don't think she's. I don't think she's a UFC caliber fighter. That's fair enough, but you know, I'm, I'm, I, I don't, I, I can't, probably can't say that she is either. Not, a, not, not past a certain point. I just think there's, there's something missing. It's just like she doesn't have the skill set to balance out, to balance things out. So if she can't dominate you with that wrestling. It's just she's kind of like Julian Robertson. She kind of gets a little tired, gets a little gun shy, and then gets overwhelmed. She's like a, a less gifted Gillian Robertson, basically. Julian Robertson and her are the same fighter. It's just one is more talented. Okay, so we both think Mary's gonna. Yeah, I'd have to say. It'd be an upset if she if she lost. Okay, fight number two is at Strawweight. It is Angela Hill versus Ashley Yoder. So did you hear about this thing that was going on between uh, Angela and uh, uh, what's-her-face? <laughs> uh, she was supposed to fight her in December. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, oh man, I can't think of it. Oh God. Uh, Tisha Torres? No. Yeah, Tisha Torres. Okay, there. So you're supposed to fight her in December, and Angela uh, got COVID 19. And so Tisha won her fight over this UFC newcomer. I would call her a scrub, Sam Hughes. So now she doesn't want to fight Angela anymore. I'm too good for you. That kind of nonsense. So Angela's pretty pissed off this week. Anyway, um, you know, it really depends, uh, this fight here, because the one thing Ashley Yoder can do, this is about the only thing she can do, is she can take somebody down. And if she can take somebody down and get ground control, then she could win this fight. But, you know, that's the big question, right? Because if Angela starts pounding her, then she's going to lose. Um, and, and Angela doesn't like being taken down. I mean, when she lost a fight recently, basically by being uh, on the bottom of uh, a takedown, she described it as hugging. So she obviously doesn't understand that she can't allow herself to get taken down like that. Okay? So I'm not crazy about either fighter. Uh, Angela is more of a personality than a fighter. Ashley, you know, when's she going to get released? That's about it. Yeah, I mean, they fought before, and, and it was a fairly close contested fight. Um, I guess the issue is going to come down to see if Yoder's, Yoder, Yoder's made any headway as far as her overall technique and the balance of her skills, and if Angela Hill has finally shown a noticeable decline. I mean, based off paper, this should be Angela's fight to win. She hits harder. She's more experienced. She's fought better opposition. She's stronger. She's a better athlete. She's a better striker. I mean, she's not a better grappler, but her her grappling and her her wrestling should be good enough to at least manage ma- manage Yoder. Uh, if she loses, this is a really bad loss for for Hill. I would agree. Hill's, Hill's sticking point is that she only loses to elite level people for the most part. Um, Andrade, who else? Rose Nama Yunus, um, Claudia Gadelia, people who are huge names who have put together put together huge win streaks. Losing to an Ashley Yoder. Uh, would be a huge step back. And I really, I mean, I, I see how it could happen, but I just don't see how Angela Hill allows that to happen. Um, I guess Yoder's best chance is if she gets a takedown and can just control her 
Because if you control Hill, Hill tends to panic because she knows her wrestling and her grappling isn't top notch. So once you've proven you can take her down and control her, she may fight out a character and you, you can eke out a decision. But I don't know that Yoder has the striking or the grit of a Michelle Watterson to pull that off. I mean, there's a path. I just don't know that she has a mentality or the skill set to do it. But yeah, I, I look at it, Angela, to win this. Yeah, it, it, it should be Angela. But if she loses, I don't know what you do with her after that. Okay. The third okay, fight. Okay. The robbery. If she loses, I don't know what you do with her after that. Okay. The third fight, which it says on uh, typology that it's at bantamweight, but I don't believe it is. I think it's at flyweight is Alexis Davis versus Sabina Mazo. This was added last week. So Alexis Davis is a veteran fighter. She's been around for years. She's uh, originally from Port, Cor- Port Colborne, Ontario, which is, uh, if you're familiar with Canada, well, I'm in Canada. Uh, that's in the Niagara. It's halfway between Niagara Falls and St. Catharines. So it's right near the U.S. border. And uh, she trains at uh, Gracie Barra in um, – Lodi, California, and that's the Diaz brothers, right? So she's been there for years. And she's a former title contender. You know what, Schwan? She hasn't looked very good since she's come back from her pregnancy. So she's 36 years old. Makes me think maybe it's time for her to retire, okay? Sabina Mazo is a younger fighter. I think she's 25 or something like that. She's originally from Colombia. Uh, she made her name in LFA with head kicks and stuff like that. Uh, she's two and one in the UFC and her first fight in the UFC, she didn't look very good, but she's looked okay in her last two. And this could be a big, big win for her. She trains at Kings MMA in Huntington beach, California. So, um, I'm liking Sabina for this. What do you think? Schwan? Uh, I would probably favor Sabina. Um, Davis has, has always, whether at Bantamweight or even at the flyweight has had issues with active, fast, um, athletic fighters, and Sabina is a pretty athletic fighter. She hits pretty hard. It's pretty fast, and she's a she's a decent she's a pretty decent striker. She's better than Davis, to be quite honest. Um, Davis has Davis could walk her down, maybe and tie her up and and kind of grind on her against the fence and take her down to, to win a decision. But I don't. I, Davis hasn't been super active, and even at the flyweight division, she hasn't looked spectacular. She's she ha- had issues with Ukagan, and um, Maz, excuse how do you say Sabina Maz, she, She's not. Is elusive, but she's much more physical and she's much more of a punishing fighter. She also um, I would knock, say she also could knock her out with a head kick. Yeah, yeah. And uh Davis hasn't been busy. She's she's obviously declined physically and she was never a great athlete. Her only chance is to to build her size and bully her. And uh I think Mazda's a little bit too physical and a little bit too powerful to get away with that from. She you- I, I saw some, I, I saw an improvement in Mazo mentally when she fought Kish. She had to work through some really tough spots. Yeah. And then she do, was able do, to get Alexis seems to me is a fighter who's always accepted um, negative positions. Uh, yeah, she she's always accepted them, and it and it, to a certain degree, when it gets a fight gets past a certain point, I it seems like mentally she accepts that she's going to lose. She'll do just enough to be competitive, not enough to clearly win when she's facing a certain caliber of opponent. It's like she's like, oh, okay, well, I can't just get out of the spot immediately. Well, I'm just going to work from it. She took me down. She robbed me. I'm just going to look for submissions. Or I can't get this takedown, so I'm just going to hang around her legs and let her hammer fist me while I'm fighting for a takedown that's not going to get there. Yeah, that, that seems to be a trend to her. I think a lot of it's just mental. I think, I think mentally she has an uphill battle every fight she's in. Skill-wise, if she, can get the, if she can get it down early in a secure position, 
Mazda could be in trouble, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, think see, doing it. I don't see that happening because I think Sabina's too quick for her. Yep. Okay. But she, I don't know that she's going to have grappler to hang with her though. Okay. So, to. so this show is going to be on ESPN plus in the U S and TSN in Canada. Okay. Got a couple of other things that we want to talk about here. First of all, it was announced yesterday that at UFC 261, uh, Valentina Shevchenko will defend the flyweight championship against, surprise, Jessica Andrade. And I think this could be a big problem for Valentina. Yeah, um, I think I think Valentina, when she faces a certain, certain athletic level of opponent, she gets really cautious. And Andrade is the kind of fighter whose athleticism and physical strength usually makes um, Valentina get a little hesitant. And plus, her teammates fought her. Her team is scouted for Valentina before. Her teammates fought her or her previous teammate. So she at least has an understanding of what it's like to be in there with Valentina. They've actually You're talking about Priscilla Cachoeira. Yes. And even though Cachoeira is nowhere near Andrade, they at least have an idea of what Valentina brings to the table from somebody who's been she, in there with her. She's also no longer on that team. Yeah. Oh, no, definitely. She, I said former, but, you know, they've already gotten the information they need from her. I, I think I that's part of the that. reason. Yeah, they're willing to push this fight because they, they feel they saw something like, oh, if Andrade was in that position, she could have finished it. If she would have landed that shot, she would have done more damage. If she would have got taken out, she would have got right back up. That um, show is going to yeah, that show is going to be on April 24th. So we'll talk more about that at the time. OK, the other big news is that Invicta FC is no longer with UFC Fight Pass. This is reported by three or four different sources the other day. And for the near future. Uh, the shows are going to be on YouTube, okay? But uh, I, I, so I guess they're going to be free for now, but I would expect them to want to go for some sort of pay-per-view model, okay? Um, you know, why would they leave? Well, because they want to be a pay-per-view. They could probably, they think they, uh, Shannon Nat probably thinks there's potential to make more money with, as a pay-per-view. It just depends how you do it. Okay. And, and so, I mean, she's trying to get more money out of them. They didn't want to pay more money or whatever. Uh, uh, Shu Harada, who's a, a, a manager of fighters, he, uh, is, uh, he's Japanese, but he's based in New York. He actually, you know who lives with him? Mizuki. He, he manages her too, right? So uh, yeah. Shu Harada says that uh, uh, UFC has told LFA, to put at least two women's fights on each show because they were getting good numbers for the Evicta shows. Okay. So there, there is a way for them, for, for Evicta to do a pay-per-view. Will they screw it up? I don't know. It depends who they go with. So what I want to give you is the top three places where they can take their uh, shows as a pay-per-view. So they're not going to be pay-per-view on, on YouTube. For now, they're going to be on YouTube. But the number one choice is Fight TV. So Fight yeah. TV is a company that did not exist back when Invicta first started because they tried to do pay-per-view back in the day, those days, and it just failed miserably. But Fight TV is a lot better because they're established. They have uh, uh, the infrastructure. They carry a lot of shows pro wrestling, MMA, 
even motorcycle racing, even concerts. Uh, they have, among other things, a Roku channel. Uh, they run mostly pay-per-views nowadays, but they do still run some free shows. But uh, if you're going to do pay-per-view, that's who they want to go with. Are you familiar with uh, Fight TV at all, Sean? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. So that would be the number one choice. Number two choice, if they can't make a deal with them, number two choice, even though it's nowhere near as good, is zone. And the reason DAZN isn't as good is because it's a subscription service, okay? And they've really taken a real beating during the pandemic, okay? They had a lot of big plans and that sort of thing. And plus, they spend stupid money, okay, which is something that Fight TV, because they're a free service and they just charge for pay-per-views individually, um, they're not subject to that sort of thing. So, so they're, they're not a subscription service. So that was, that's what makes a big difference. That's why Fight TV is preferable. Okay, so you got the zone. all right? They charge 20 bucks a month up here for DAZN. I am not getting DAZN, okay? The third choice is actually the Fight Network, okay? So that's a Canadian company. So why the Fight Network? A couple of reasons. First of all, they own Access TV down in the U.S., Okay, I don't know if you knew that or not, but they bought know. it. They bought it about uh, two years ago. Okay, so they can do pay per views. They have the uh, facility to do pay per views, and they also have the facility to run a weekly show if that's what something that Invicta wants to do. So they have a slightly different model from Fight TV, but you know it depends on what they want to do. So um, that's my top three choices, but Fight TV is the most obvious and the overwhelming choice, in my opinion. I would actually spend 20 bucks for a pay-per-view on Fight TV, as far as Invicta goes. Yeah, I, I just hope they make the right decision because they're not a big enough decision to end up if you are going with the wrong provider. They need to get this right right, right up. I was a little shocked they left Fight Pass, but I mean, you know, she Shannon doesn't. Yeah, that's about yeah, money. I mean, it is, but like I said, they're not. They they don't have a consistent brand because they're always having fighters go to or, other organizations. So they have to be really purposeful in where they're going and what they're trying to do. Well, the only thing, Schwan, is that um, they do have a fan base. No question about it. Is it big enough? That I don't know. But I will say this, the, the possibility of them doing pay-per-view is much more likely to be successful, at least halfway successful, than back when they first started. They needed to get a network TV deal at the time, and they should have gone with Access TV when it was offered to them. Uh, to, to do what they did, they almost went out of business because of the way they handled their broadcast. Okay, If they go to Fight TV and they sign with them, that's the best thing for them because they don't have to worry about doing it themselves. They let Fight TV handle it. Okay. They already have the infrastructure in place and they're reliable. Yeah. I mean, like I said, my, my biggest concern was when sometimes when these organizations decide to go pay-per-view or, or go another route, 
they don't they don't choose the right platform and ends up costing more money and alienating fans because it's behind a paywall or something of that nature. If if fighting if network works the way you say it does, and that's then clearly it's the best option. There's there's really no other option out there to maximize their earnings. Yeah, fight TV. Yeah, fight you're talking TV. About. Yeah, fight, if, fight if they TV don't go there, that's the best place to maximize everything. Anything else is gonna be a best fifty fifty proposition and more like seventy thirty. Like I said, as long as they don't try and do it themselves. Uh, like I said, those are your you, three you choices. Be that go with that, right? TV for me, is, that's what you think. <laughs> Listen, once an idiot, always an idiot. That's all I got to say about it. All right. Now, one other thing I wanted to mention, and that's that one championship announced their uh, the bracket for their upcoming um, what they call atom weight tournament. It's actually more straw weight than atom weight. Now, in a couple of weeks, uh, Deep Jewels is having the uh, first round of their Atomweight tournament. And when that show happens, I'm going to do a podcast with Charlie Jewett, my buddy who lives in Japan. And we're going to talk about both of those shows. We're going to talk about Deep Jewels, and we're going to talk about one championship. Okay? And we're going to go through the fun tooth comb, as we normally do in this po- uh, on this podcast. Yeah. All right. So... So, uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to do. Um, do you have anything you want to talk about, or is that about it? Oh, that's it, sir. Okay, uh, that's about it. Uh, again, don't forget to check out those videos on my blog, uh, frankp316.blogspot.com. If you have any questions or comments for my podcasts or my blog, you can leave them in Anchor's voicemail. And if you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.